0: If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care all of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.
1: I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, Find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hands. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Bradner, and today we're going to dive into the diagnosis and treatment of endometriosis. And next week, we're going to discuss even further the question of should you have surgery for your endometriosis? So let's begin. The diagnosis of endometriosis is often delayed because the symptoms are vague, and they also overlap with a number of different gynecological and gastrointestinal diseases. Are you ready for this? Studies have demonstrated an average of a delay of 7 to 12 years in women with endometriosis. Let that sink in a little bit. I truly feel we in the medical community need to do better about about this. There's no reason that it is taking this long. We are overlooking symptoms. We are putting a band-aid on them and I really just want to empower you as a patient listening to advocate, advocate, advocate. Find a provider who listens to you. If you feel you have fit the description even slightly of anything you've heard so far listening to this month's episodes on endometriosis find a provider who takes the time to listen to you and moves forward with the proper ways of diagnosing this disease so the one of the very first things you're going to hear is that surgery is required to confirm this and the gold standard for diagnosing is a biopsy or cutting out part and confirming it by a pathologist I want to make note here that if you are going to take that route, it is important that you see a surgeon that is experienced in identifying endometriosis and has seen many cases, because this is not everybody doing surgery, not just anybody is that person. I want to encourage you to go a step further and find an experienced surgeon in order to reduce the possibility of missing the diagnosis, which I have seen far too often. In addition, I want to encourage you, and I'm going to link this in today's show notes, click the link that says Receptiva and advocate that your healthcare provider orders this test for you. It can be extremely helpful, and it's an additional tool you're going to perhaps see or feel that it is for those with infertility and that is probably you if you're listening to this podcast. However, I have had great conversations as a healthcare professional with this company and right now they are just simply due to their capacity in marketing to reproductive clinics. That does not mean that your OBGYN or family healthcare provider cannot order and perform this test for you to look for BCL-6. That is what this test is looking for is a positive BCL-6 In the link, you're also going to find that there's studies and research to back this test as well. This has become one of the top things that I recommend for my patients, especially if you're somebody with unexplained infertility, you've failed one or more IVF cycles, you're having a hard time affording IVF. Is that not all of us because insurance does not cover it or have limited fertility coverage? have limited embryo reserves, or you've experienced recurrent pregnancy loss, that alone puts you in a place of being the perfect candidate to have this test done. So I will link them in today's show notes, and I really want to encourage you to consider that test. All right, let's move into treatment. So number one, the basic, basic treatment is, is painkillers or anti-inflammatories such as ibuprofen, and we know that this is gonna provide pain relief, but this does not stop the progression of the disease. We can then look at things such as oral birth control. Once again, this provides temporary symptom relief, but symptoms will return the moment you stop that birth control. There's some medications such as Depolupron, and these have some unpleasant side effects. They provide temporary relief in symptoms. And once again, symptoms are going to return once the medication is stopped. This is the same for medication that's newer on the market called Orlissa. And this is an approved medication for moderate to severe pain. It's intended to reduce painful periods, pelvic pain between periods and that painful intercourse. It works on the pituitary gland, which is located at the base of your brain. And it blocks certain receptors that decrease the signal to your ovaries to produce estrogen. We have an estrogen excess going on with endometriosis. And so that is a newer medication that's out there. Depolupron does a very similar thing. It's an injection, once a month injection. And it is something, if you look back on a previous episode, I've done all on Depolupron, which I will also link in today's show notes because I'm very passionate about speaking out and advocating for Depolupron with IVF cycles or with a positive receptiva test. This is something that will suppress the hormones to help provide some relief, but it also helps with that uterine lining during conception. And then, of course, we have surgery. Let's break surgery down a little bit more. So excision provides long-term symptom relief. It improves fertility. It can be curative in some cases. It removes all of the endometriosis tissue It provides a clear diagnosis. There's low reoccurrence rates. Can you tell which one I'm a fan of? Excision. So complete excision of abnormal tissue is the gold standard treatment by cutting out all of the disease at its roots. And this needs to be done by a trained and specialized provider who performs a high volume of these surgeries. I am going to link in the show notes a direct link for you to click and find that person. If you're unsure of who to go to, you can simply send me a message and I'll direct you to where I refer my patients to. I've done a lot of referring lately for this specific surgery, so I would love to have a conversation with you over on Instagram, on my website, and let's talk more about it. Let's talk about hysterectomy really briefly. This does not treat endometriosis. It does not stop the progression of the disease, unless you have adenomyosis which we talked about on the very first episode of our endometriosis series. I want you to stop and think about the long-term effects of doing this because I have seen heartbreaking, devastating and traumatic, yes, traumatic complications mentally, physically and with relationships from those who have had a hysterectomy in their 20s and 30s. Hysterectomy is not the answer and you are not doing them a favor when they are 21, 25, 27, 33 and coming to you and that is your answer. So if you can't tell, it is a hot topic for me and one I will continue to advocate against doing at such a young age have a conversation with your OBGYN, let's look at some unthought of CARES. And what I mean by this is just CARES that get forgotten or options for you to consider. And you can go out on your own and do some of these. So one of them is acupuncture. And this simply promotes blood circulation and helps regulate hormones. It is something that I personally do once a month. I would do it more often if I didn't live 120 miles one way from my amazing acupuncturist. I do have some home acupuncture kit that I do use occasionally. But the other thing with acupuncture is it appears to have an anti-inflammatory effect and it's effective for pain relief because of its effect on blood chemistry and the endorphin levels that it works with. There are several supplements, and I'm not going to really talk about them much on here because I think they are really individualized too, but some general ones that I have all of my patients take if they have endometriosis is high-dose omega-3, and if you're one who has icky side effects from omega-3s, I encourage you to look at some liquid version of omega-3. I use ones that are in little pouches, they, and I'll, I can link them in today's show notes as well. Um, resveratrol is commonly used probiotics vitamin d is super important to utilize as well and some people are even candidates for a product called dim complex but this needs to be monitored and started by a healthcare provider because it can have some side effects that go along with it all right my other favorite treatment is pelvic floor physical therapy and this i also do a minimum of once monthly but this is visceral manual therapy that can help or alleviate some of that abdominal and visceral, like your pelvic floor symptoms that can happen with endometriosis, our pelvic floor muscles are not fully able to relax or stretch because of the scarring or inflammation that's going on. And we can even have spasms that happen at times. And so it's really, really imperative that if you're going to move forward with pelvic floor physical therapy, that you work with a team that's been specially trained. And it's not uncommon for me to always help my patients find somebody as well. Um, I do the research on the back end for them and find someone who they can trust that's been trained in this. But it also can affect our abdominal organs and cause decreased mobilization. And so the role of public for physical therapy is to really help um manually manipulate this area and help kind of stretch and work with these and work with our pelvic floor, but also our core and abdominal area, places that endo likes to migrate and manually loosen and relax these muscles and help with the pain. Dietary changes. It is very important to keep inflammation down in your body, but especially if you have endometriosis and really making dietary changes can help significantly with this. Try and remove or decrease how much spicy foods you're taking in, deep fried foods. There's some discussion on dairy. Caffeine and alcohol. I know those are things I really need to avoid during my cycle because it just flares the pain almost within 30 minutes of taking those in. I'm going to have spasms and sharp pain happening. Increase your consumption of dark leafy greens, lean chicken, any green veggies, asparagus, berries, things like that can really help offset some of that inflammation from happening. My other favorite item to have on hand is a TENS unit. If this is okay and approved by your healthcare provider for you to use, it can kind of hit those nerves and stop them from firing signals. But my newest favorite, if you don't want to walk around with a machine on you, is a Jovi pain patch. I swear by this amazing non-medicated and non-electrical pain patch, check out today's show notes. I will just leave it at that. And you can check out my newest favorite personal item. I just took off yesterday that helps not only with our menstrual pain and yes, that's what it's geared towards, but I've had back pain when I slip on the ice and I'll put that on my back. I've been recommending patients to utilize it because you can keep it on and it works really efficiently and helping with pain. Next week, we're going to talk more about surgery comes to endometriosis. So I will see you back here next week for Hopeful Hints. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over and hit subscribe or leave a review for Hopeful Hints, and infertility podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoy
0: podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson, and Todd Harrington shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.